Happy holidays, everybody, from all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online. I'm Tony Bruschi. Hope you enjoy our encore presentations over the holiday weeks. We have some great episodes from Real Ghost Stories Online years past, as well as The Grave Talks. Brand new episodes, EPP bonus episodes available for EPPs both of these weeks. We never take a week off of that, even over the holidays. So if you're wanting that, become an extra podcast person, an EPP at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Brand new episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online return first week of 2020. Happy holidays, everybody, from all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. And on today's episode, a little bit of a, a Christmas, uh, a Christmas gift, if you will. Yeah. I think that's appropriate. It's a gift for Christmas, but it's not Christmassy. It's not Christmassy, no. But, you know, not every, a lot of gifts you get aren't, aren't necessarily, you know, sleigh rides and, and Santas. Right, but I'm just making reference to last year. Our theme oh, was kind of Christmassy. I see, I see. It's spooky, though. Mm-hmm. It's freaky ass. Yeah. And with the, it's not just, it's freaky ass, mm-hmm. literally. A road trip to uh, the Fort Worth Stockyards gives a family plenty of memorable moments. That uh, story will read for you in just a little bit. And why is it a Christmassy gift? Or Christmas gift? Not Christmassy, Christmas gift? <laughs> because it's it's from Oscar. Yeah. One of our uh, one of our favorite contributors to the show. So a brand new story from him today on Real Ghost Stories Online. And of course, uh, your calls as well at 855-853-4802. Tony and Jenny Bruschi joining you once again. And how are you this fine day? I'm good. I'm eyeing your bag of chocolate over there. Oh, that is delicious. That that was a gift to me, <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> from you. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I don't like to share. So that's why I got my own bag so today. Happy, damn it! <laughs> Here, take some. <laughs> did you really get your own bag today? Seriously, did. <laughs> Well, that's fine. They're delicious. I'll steal some of yours too. Okay. But uh, no, these are these are delicious little chocolates that we eat in here. What's funny is we, uh, I think we started eating that that type of chocolate. Like we'd have one like right before the show, more than a year ago. Yeah. When you first started on the show, and chocolate's like the worst thing you can possibly have or consume when you're trying to talk and you're trying to do a show. It dries out your voice. It it it's dries out your voice. It screws with your vocal cords. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess sometimes it kind of adds to the effect, if you will. It's nostalgic now. Exactly. It is. And it's delicious. So looking forward to that Oscar story on the show today. Uh, and of course, your phone calls 855-853-4802 is the way to get your ghost story to us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's go to a caller first off at 855-853-4802. Hi, Hi, this is Casey, and this is my first time calling, though I have been a listener for about two months now and have been addictively binge-listening since. Um, 
I have a couple of stories, like most people, but this is the first one I wanted to share because um, it was probably the most concrete experience I've had, and it's also probably one of the stupidest things I've ever done personally, uh, but I thought it was really interesting and really sort of creepy at the same time, uh, so I really wanted to share it. Um, I have always been very interested in the paranormal since a very young age. My grandmother and my aunt all, and my great aunt all identify as uh, sensitive or empathic and have seen a lot of things. So I grew up with a lot of oral traditions of uh, ghost stories. And um, I have really always been into going on ghost tours. Wherever my family went on a vacation, I would always ask to go on a ghost tour. That would be my one thing to do for the trip. Uh, or I, I would be really into paranormal investigation as well. Uh, so, in college, a few years ago, I was living in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and um, I was a theater major and really into the theater scene there. And, you know, of course, I went on all the ghost tours in Nashville, but one of the places that I kept reading about found really um, intriguing was Adams, Tennessee. And, of course, Adams um, is known to a lot of people as, a, as the place where um, the infamous bell witch uh, haunting happened so um, as I was there uh, I became friends uh, with somebody who ended up being in a play uh, called the story I think it was like the story of the bell witch or something like that but uh, long story short it was it was a play about her background and uh, the story brought to life on stage uh, and they perform it every single Halloween um, season at the uh, area on the Bell's old property, uh, right near the caves, right? You think that would be, I don't know, a little bit of a warning signal, but, you know, they do it, and no one has had any deadly experiences so far, so I guess they're okay. Um, so, long story short, this friend that I had, uh, I kind of had a little bit of a crush on him as well. So, uh between that and the fact that I was so interested in the paranormal, I really wanted to make sure that I went out and I saw this show. So I went to see this play, and it was a lot of fun. It was pretty crazy, um, and it was really spooky, you know, being there on the property. And um, after the show, I waited around and um, met up with him and met a few of his friends, and, you know, we were talking about the show. And so a lot of these people who are in the play are from the town of Adams. And so I was talking to him and one of his friends, and I started to really talk about, uh, you know, the activity uh, that still happens there with the Bell Witch and in that area in general. And I found out that that area, aside from just Bell Witch-related activity, is extremely, extremely paranormally active. And um, so it was really uh, interesting to hear some of the stories of the homes people live in. And, uh, people still see, you know, big black dogs that disappear into nowhere um, and all sorts of things there all the time. Um, and so one of the stories that I heard was uh, the story of a train track that was just about a half a mile away from um, the, uh, what's it called, uh, the Bell Witch um, land. So uh, what the story is, is uh, one of the 
classic kind of things that teenagers do where you pull your car onto the train tracks, you turn the ignition off, uh, lock your doors and get out of the car and you're supposed to see some sort of paranormal activity. Um, well, I being the idiot that I can be sometimes, decided that would be a really good idea and I would really impress this guy, right, the play guy's heart, uh, by going and doing this. Everyone thought I was crazy, uh, and I was. And so I said, hey, come with me. You don't have to park your car on the train tracks. I'll be the one to park the car, my car on the train tracks. All you have to do is, like, you know, park a few feet ahead and, like, stand there so I'm not alone uh, just for the fact that it's, like, 2 in the morning and um, I don't want to be out there by myself. Uh, so he agreed to do that. I said, okay, you're, you're crazy. I'm not going to put my car on the train tracks, but if you put your car on the train tracks, I'll go and I'll stand there with you. Well, we get out there, we're doing the ritual of turning the car off, locking the doors, my car's in the train tracks, his is a few feet ahead, and we're just messing around and giggling and kind of looking down, saying, ooh, it's so spooky out, you know, a little scared, but not really anything. And all of a sudden, in we're in the middle of nowhere. Literally, no homes, um, no real like life out of the middle of nowhere you see this glowing yellow orb down the road and um it was the craziest thing because this orb was swinging back and forth like an old train lantern and flickering as well and it was coming closer and closer we're sitting there and, you know, we're talking about it. We had to be sitting there at least 45 seconds because it was, it was quite a ways off when it when it came up. But we're saying, you know, it, it, it didn't come out of the woods. It, it just showed up. It just beamed into existence. And to light a lantern like that would have really taken some time. So I, I kind of figured that it wasn't a situation where... Um, you know, someone like turned on a lantern, not like a modern electric, electric lamp where you click it on and off. Like it, it had that yellow glow, it was flickering, and it was swinging back and forth. Well, by the time this thing got about 50 feet from us, and we still saw that this was this disembodied light, we got in our cars and we ran. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, as I was driving away, um, I, you know, looked back and I was like, okay, you know, there's got to be some sort of rational explanation for this. But uh, I, I couldn't figure it out, and I'm looking back. And I really, by the time I left, I had to be 15 feet from that thing. All I could see was that, that you know, kerosene-esque light glowing and swinging back and forth. Um, you know, nothing bad ever happened from that situation, but it definitely... Um, <laughs> made me more careful about um, the the path that I took. So um, thank you guys so much. Uh, hope to hear this on the show and have a great day. Bye. The famous words of anyone after having a paranormal experience. 
there has to be some sort of rational explanation for this. And at first, you know, I thought maybe it was some kids that they sit and they wait for Saturday night. Kids coming to try that, you know, just to spook them. But the chances of that are probably pretty slim, you know. That's pretty crazy. I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, was it literally, you know, something, uh, a light, an energy that was reenacting the the old rail light Mm -hmm. that maybe was there at one point in time? Because that's almost what it sounds like it was. Right, because it got close enough she could see Mm -hmm. exactly what it was, and it was just a light. Just there. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't there. No. That's the creepy part. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. Her phone number, of course, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, I'm excited for the Oscar story, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do another call before this. Oh, hey, look, this is fun. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, numerology. Okay. And and I'm looking at, at, at the phone number on this, and I'm not going to read the phone number out. But within the phone number, 666 is in it. So I wonder if this will be a good ghost story. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hello, Tony and Jenny. My name is Blanca. <laughs> I've actually called a couple of times already, but um, I'm just so nervous, you know, to be speaking over the phone and, you know, to a, a wide audience um, or the wide audience that you guys have. Uh, so I'm a little nervous, so I apologize beforehand if I sound a little shaky or if I sound like I'm talking too fast. But anyways, um, I'm calling. I live at home with my parents, and my mom has always, um, I guess, had some type of, uh, I, I wouldn't say ability, but she's told me, you know, here and there, oh, I, I felt like I saw somebody or I felt like somebody was, like, peeking over the wall or something, like, uh, around the corner in, like, the, the hallway. Um, so um, at the home that we currently live at, she would tell me that she would always see a male, like, almost, it was like a male. She couldn't really make out, you know, the face, but she knew it was a male, and she would just quickly see him pass by. This happened a couple of times. Um, till one day, uh, my mom was home and just kind of confirmed it for us that, you know, something was actually there. Um, she was home and somebody knocked on the door and it was this woman with two boys who told her that she was the child that lived there. Her parents were the original owners and, um, she lived there and grew up there at that house. It was her parents' house. And she asked my mother if she can come inside just to take a look at the house, you know, and kind of, I guess, reminisce. She wasn't from the area any longer. I just drove by and, and wanted to see if we'd let her come in just so she can take a look at, you know, the home where she grew up. Uh, and while she was there, they were in the backyard, and she was just taking a look, look at the yard. And my mom asked her, she's like, can I ask you something? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, do you know if someone died here? And the woman looked at my mom, kind of like, not scared, but, you know, just looked at her like, why are you asking? And she's like, yeah, she's like, my dad, he died in that room. And she pointed to the room where my mom and dad sleep, um, the master bedroom. And um, she pointed there and, and she's like, why? And my mom's like, oh, because I see him. Like, I see a male and he's always like walking around that specific area like walk as if he's walking towards the room or walking out of the room 
Um, and she was just, you know, amazed by what my mom was telling her. So, you know, my mom, my mom sees them here and there. Um, I feel like I've seen a couple of times, I don't know if it's just my eyes playing tricks on me or what, but, um, once in a while I'll see just like a quick shadow, you know, pass by and by the time I look, there's nothing there. Um, but anyways, my little sister works from home at my parents' house. Um, uh, so she's there all day. And on her lunch break, because sometimes she'll take a nap. It's a 30-minute break, so she'll she'll take advantage and take a nap. Um, and she was telling me that one time she was laying in my parents' room on her break, and she was trying to go to sleep. And for some reason, she said that she kept uh, waking up, kind of, um, through throughout the 30 minutes. And she remembers that at one point she was laying on, on my mom's side of the bed, where she usually sleeps, facing my dad's side where she usually sleeps, and she remembers saying, she doesn't remember hearing anybody speak to her, but somehow she knew what to say back, but she just remembers herself asking someone in the room, saying, I, did it, did it smell in here when you died? That's what she asked, and she said that she felt like, a presence, and, and she thought that she might have been dreaming, but she said it just seemed so real, and she was, with her eyes open, she said, and so, so she was asking, you know, did it snow in here when, when you died, and obviously she didn't hear anything back, um, but she said that when she asked that, that she just heard herself saying, I don't want to see how you looked when you died, I don't want to see you, like, as if someone was saying, you know, I'm going to show you how it looked or something. And, and she just kept repeating, I don't want to see how it looked when you died. And uh, and when she said that, she said that all of a sudden she started feeling like zapping, almost like zapping or shocking, uh, a shocking feeling on her chest. Uh, and she thought that was a little odd. She ended up waking up right after that. But when she told me the story, I automatically got the chills and I told her, like, you know, that's that's just weird for you to have a dream like that in the room, like, I don't where this person, you know, passed away. Uh, it's just odd. So we left it at that. Um, but um, I just I just wanted to call and get your guys' opinion. I think that it's the man who passed away there. Um, I don't know how he died specifically. Um, I've tried doing research on our property but haven't came up with anything. Um, but just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that. Um, sorry if I rambled a lot or it didn't really make sense my first time calling and I was a little nervous. Um, I do have a couple of more things, but I'll save that for another call. Maybe I'll get the courage to call and, um, and tell those stories. But, um, I love listening to your show. I've been listening to you guys for about a year or so since like last October. Um, found you guys on a podcast that I had or a podcast app, I should say, that I had. Uh, and have been listening to you guys since and I just signed up to be an EPP about a week ago and I'm currently on episode 6 of the EPP uh, uh, episodes really excited um, thank you guys for sharing what you guys share and for doing this and I hope to call in soon with something else thanks thank you for sharing uh, your story and your experience there with us that's a bizarre thing to suddenly start rambling about yeah the uh, the, the I don't want to see how you died or, or whatever exactly it was well that's what she was saying 
her sister was saying in the drink. Yeah. The guy was like, did it smell when I died? And <laughs> it makes you wonder if this poor guy, you know, maybe the rest of the family went somewhere. And when they came back from a trip or something, maybe he was found dead in there. It makes you wonder because, <laughs> you know, yeah. the smell part. How long was this guy in there? I don't want to see if the cat ate your face. Uh, no. Something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes you, it, 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 it really makes you wonder. It's, it's yeah, creepy. I'm curious if the sister had that dream before or after they found out that somebody actually did die in yeah. that room. Order would be important there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. The phone number, of course, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us. We have more calls coming up in just a little bit, but uh, first let's go to Oscar in Dallas and his submission to us today. Hey guys, it's Oscar from Dallas. Recently took a weekend trip on November 28th, 2015 with my family to the Fort Worth Stockyards. Really, it was my wife's idea to visit the Stockyards, but it was my idea to stay in the old Miss Molly bed and breakfast. In case you're not familiar with Miss Molly, Molly is an older West bordello for ladies of the night in the middle of the stockyards. Just to give you a quick history of the Fort Worth stockyards for the uh, drovers heading the cattle up the Chisholm Trail to the railheads, Fort Worth was the last major stop for the rest uh, for rest and supplies. Beyond Fort Worth, they would have to deal with crossing in the Red River into Indian Territory. Between 1866 and 1890, more than 4 million head of cattle were trailed through Fort Worth, which was soon known as Cowtown. Cowtown soon had its own disreputable entertainment district several blocks south of the courthouse area, known all over the west as Hell's Half Acre. When the railroad finally arrived in 1876, Fort Worth became a major shipping point for livestock. This prompted plans in 1887 for the construction of the Union Stockyards, about two and one half miles north of the Tarrant County Courthouse. Went into full operation in about 1889. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, it was the location where all the cowboys would come in from out of town from a cattle drive to sell the cattle. The cowboys would gamble, drink, and spend their money on women. Well, Miss Molly Hotel is ideally located right in the middle of all the action. Today, Miss Molly is the oldest bed and breakfast in the stockyards. Yes, it is very haunted by some prostitutes, cowboys, and even a child. I really didn't know anything about Miss Molly other than it was an old West house of sin. You see, I like to explore and find out for myself if the place is really haunted. I decided to take my kids on this trip. My 10-year-old daughter wanted to experience something paranormal, and by the end of our trip, she got her wish. If I can experience something paranormal, then I can say this place is haunted. On almost all my trips, I always attract a ghost, and Miss Molly did not disappoint. Once I entered Miss Molly's, I felt a stabbing pain on my neck while walking up the stairs. I checked just in case a bee stung me, but nothing. I remember telling my wife that I must have slept wrong last night. I went up the stairs where we met a sweet old caretaker named Tina. She walked us around and chatted for a bit. My son bluntly asked her, Is this hotel haunted? Tina turned to me to get my approval and she said, Yes, it is. She smiled and walked us to our room. 
We stayed in the cowboy room. It was one of the rooms with two beds, so it was ideal for the four of us. Miss Molly's looked exactly like it did back in the Old West. My kids loved it, especially my six-year-old. My son asked me for a cowboy hat and a toy gun. The hotel isn't really kid-friendly. You see, there are no TVs or restrooms in the room or any creature comforts you'd expect in a hotel, but it was worth it. The Molly's only had three restrooms located in the back of the hotel, and it's shared between all the guests. If you need to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, you might be in for a fright. I signed us up for a ghost tour with the local company located within a wine bar. It was a walking tour within the stockyard, which was half history and half ghost tour. The day we decided to go was one of the coldest days in November. So most ghost tour guests canceled, except for my family. I didn't experience until we got to Miss Molly's alley. Suddenly my neck pain returned. Our tour took us to the alley next to Molly's. My daughter had my phone and she noticed a bug flying around, only visible while looking to the camera. She took a couple of pictures and she called me over. Dad, come here. What is it? I asked her. By this time I pretty much gave up on the tour. That's when I saw what looked like a glowing form floating in the air. I've attached the pictures so you and your viewers can take a look. We snapped several pictures following the glowworm, and suddenly the light turns into a dark orb. The alley was very well lit up. The orb started to form a shadow, but it was darker than dark. I quickly started to take video with my phone. My camera started to malfunction. This was impossible because my phone is brand new. The alley got really dark, but in the darkness we noticed a shadow. The shadow was darker than the darkness in the alley. The shadow turned into the shadow of a man with a cowboy hat. We all witnessed the shadow man. I tried to videotape the shadow man, but because of the darkness, we couldn't capture the cowboy. The tour guide, my daughter, my wife, and I all saw what looked like a cowboy leaning back against the alley wall. Just like that, he disappeared. Unfortunately, the video didn't capture anything because the camera malfunctioned, but if you notice... Only the dark on the right was so dark my camera couldn't handle it. If anyone has any video editing software, I'm sure there's something in this video. Finally, I understood what the cowboy wanted. Granted, I get these impressions of events in my mind, almost like a lost memory. I pictured a young man of mixed descent, either half Indian and white or Mexican and white, and half dark hair was really drunk. He stumbled into Miss Molly's. He was staying in a field. Not sure if he was camping, couldn't afford a hotel, or he wasn't allowed to stay because of his skin. And he, all he wanted was to look inside to see a real woman. He had to leave early in the morning, and he had no more money. He walked up the stairs, but stumbled halfway up. A heavyset woman greeted him. Hey, honey, how old are you, and do you have any money? Either the cowboy had a wife or girlfriend, and at this point things got fuzzy, but according to the cowboy, he kind of insulted the lady saying she's fat and not worth the money. In a rage, she pulled out a gun and shot him in the neck, knocking him down the stairs. They dragged his still-living body to the alley where he choked in his own blood. I felt sad and the word murderer sounded in my head and then I want to go home. My family needs me. Then I realized no one ever claimed him. He died a John Doe. Being mixed race back then, he was disregarded like trash. This is what I felt after I experienced the cowboy in the alley. I'm not sure if anything I pictured in my mind was accurate. I just know what I felt. I think the cowboy 
attached to me because I was a family man from the minutes I entered Molly's. I told my wife what I felt and she just shrugged it off and she asked me if I was alright because I looked sad. I just smiled and said I was cool. My daughter, more excited than scared, asked me if that was a ghost and I explained, yes. I explained to her it was a lost person and missing his family. Later that night, we had dinner next to Molly's and went to our room. We went to bed and I knew I wasn't going to see the cowboy again, but I was wrong. Woke up around three in the morning, really had to go pee. Got up and I decided to take my camera. I went and took care of business and decided to snap some pictures well up. I didn't see anything, so I went back to sleep. I heard footsteps the minute I closed the door. Whoever it was walked around the main area. Took a quick look just to see who it was and no one was there. Maybe they went to the restroom the minute I closed the door. The footsteps started again. That's when I heard the knocking to the front door. I decided to see who it was. Maybe they're locked out in the cold and no one was there. I took a picture just in case. At first I didn't notice it, but I caught a shadow walking up the stairs. Thought it might be me, but I was on the top of the stairs, so the shadow was at my feet. I don't consider the picture paranormal, but I still can't explain the shadow on the stairs. Overall, I consider Molly's to be very haunted, and it's worth a road trip. If you ever want to visit Texas, make sure to visit Fort Worth Stockyards and stay in one of the many B&Bs in the area. If you're brave enough to stay for a night at Molly's, it's worth it. I've never actually been to Fort Worth. And and you lived, like, right there. I know. Being a Texan, I need to go. (laughs) I I don't understand that. I mean, it's a big area, though. Yeah. You know, I guess if you never had any, you know, reason to go, I mean, you were a kid, so if your parents never had any, you know, reason to go to there, mm-hmm. you know, everything's, you know, you know, self-contained for the most part. You don't have to go to the grocery store to go to Fort Worth or something like that. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I, I guess it's just it's weird because I come from, you know, a town of like 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I've been to probably like every town within like a 50 mile radius. At some point or another. But that's usually because, like, well, this one town has this and they don't have that. You know, so I guess it kind of, you know, it's more spread out. Sure. So the concept is a little foreign to me. But um, but that's that's an interesting story there. It is. You know, we talk about how people sometimes they just know the story. Mm -hmm. They get that download. I think that's what Oscar got here was a download of this this guy's story or what happened there. Sure. Just caught images or or some kind of knowledge that this cowboy, you know, gave to him mm-hmm. in spirit. I don't I don't know which one it is. You know, he even kind of alluded to maybe the cowboy attached to him and that's how he knew these things. Sure. And that's I mean, that's up for debate. You know, it's it's one's interpretation. We have plenty of stories, you know, where we have sensitives or psychics or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reiterating a story that that they believe is told to them. And I think Oscar probably does fall into that same category because he is so sensitive to these things. So it's interesting that, you know, one would get such a story just bam mm-hmm. in them uh, when experiencing something paranormal. Take the story out of the equation, even, you know, if he never even got a story. Yeah. You know, it's still he had an experience there that obviously was quite paranormal. So, Oscar, thank you for sharing that with us uh, right here around Christmas time. It was a nice little uh, little gift to, uh, to to share with the audience on our last uh, live show before uh, before the holiday. Yeah. So uh, so thank you for that. And if you like Oscar's story, if you're a new listener to the show, 
We have quite a few of them on our EPP bonus episodes, and I believe they're mostly notated as to which episodes he's in, mm-hmm. but uh, there's quite a few of his uh, his more recent stories on, on several EPP bonus episodes, so uh, that's another benefit of being an EPP. You get to hear a lot of uh, Oscar's experiences, and, and this, he's very haunted. He's very haunted, <laughs> and this is one of his, I guess, tamer stories, sure. for, for lack of a better word. His other ones are so, so creepy. I mean, this yeah. is creepy. But the other ones are just very intense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so much of Oscar actually uh, this last year, um, the the show Snap Judgment on NPR um, contacted us uh, looking for some ghost stories for their Halloween episode. And he's a, the person I thought of immediately. Sure. And and he shared uh, what it, we've called the uh, the zombie ghost clown story. Mm-hmm. And and he shared that on on NPR sta- uh, Snap Judgment. Um, so I know some of their listeners have found us that way right. uh, through that uh, that show and Oscar recounting that story there. But uh, he's just got such creepy, creepy stories. Yeah. <laughs> and he's one of our, our favorite, one of our best listeners. He's been listening to us from the beginning. So, uh, Oscar, thank you so much for the story. And, uh, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to, uh, to share your experiences with us. Let's go to Sue in Illinois and hear your story. Hi. Hi, guys. This is Sue from Springfield, Illinois. Um, I decided to call. I've been listening to your show. Love it. Uh, finally have an outlet and confirmation of things that I've gone through. I'm a child of the 60s. I was born in 61. And um, a little tiny background, um, as I was growing up, I would I was the kid that received for birthday gifts um, the Magic 8 Ball, the Gypsy Witch Tarot telling um, Tarot Fortune telling cards, and the Ouija board. Um, interestingly enough, when those gifts that I received, I had never asked for, nor um, did I know what they were used for. And um, they were given to me by an aunt that lived in a town that I don't even know that they had those um, type of um, items to even purchase to give as gifts. So I always thought it was very interesting that um, those type of um, um, tools or or whatever you want to call them, they were given to me um, whether I asked for them or not. I've had a lot of paranormal um, experiences, good and bad, a lot of really wonderful things. Um, I've had interesting things happen through my life. I lost a son in Afghanistan and my husband two years later and um, have been contacted by them from the other side. However, the story tell tonight is um, one about shadow people and mirrors. Um, I hear that a lot on your uh, podcast and um, how you, you and Jenny don't purchase antique mirrors. 
Um, this story relates back to as a small child, I would see shadow people. I didn't know what they were um, at the time. I would play in our garage, uh, which my dad built, and it was like a two and a half car garage. And back in the 60s, this is probably 63, 64, it was unusual to have that big of a garage and um, he had done that because he had put a office in um, our garage. Our garage double doors had windows in them and I loved Barbie and uh, would set up during rainy days or if it was cold out in fall or early spring I would just set up a whole town in the in the garage and play and I would get at times where I felt like I was um, being watched and I'd look up really quick and I would see um, the shadow of somebody. At one time I thought it was my grandpa uh, pulling a joke on me because it had uh, this figure of a man. It was during the daytime, um, kind of rainy and cloudy out, but he had a hat on, kind of like a fedora like my grandpa would sometimes wear. I even ran outside, I was probably six, looking all over for him because as soon as I turned to look at him, I yelled, Grandpa Ernie, and and the head went down. Um, as I grew older, I, I always uh, preferred the company of adults um, to listen to and talk to. And during the 60s, there were a lot of small business owners. And my dad had his own real estate business and, and had a lot of friends who had their own real estate businesses too. They would get together and um, on weekends um, and all the families would. And I was usually the only girl in our age group. So I would find myself gravitating towards the women and the talks that they were having. Um, my mom, one night, I was probably 12 or 13, and I was sitting off to the side so I wasn't interfering with them and they'd send me out to play with the boys. Um, but my mom was telling the story about, it was, it, it was the eve of my dad's birthday and she had woke up to um, see him sitting on the edge of the bed next to her. And her side of the bed faced the wall where there were two dressers and there was a large mirror there. And she said to my dad, Jim, what's wrong? Because she said he just sat there and kept staring off into the mirror and he wouldn't say anything he wouldn't acknowledge her she asked him again Jim what's wrong is there something wrong which at what, that point my dad stood up and walked towards the dressers he stood there a few minutes she thought he was doing something um, on the with something on the dresser and she said he walked forward and went into the mirror which just took her breath away and when she turned over my dad was laying there the whole time entire time um, at this point of her telling the group of ladies 
uh, that this happened, and this is probably 1968, 69. Um, the one of the other ladies gasped, and her name was Judy also. And she said, oh, my God. And she had just turned completely white. And she said that had just happened several months ago with her husband, Conrad. And she said he was doing the same thing. He was in the bedroom standing in front of a mirror in their bedroom. She spoke to him, asked him what he was doing. Um, again, repeated what she had said, and he walked towards the mirror and just disappeared. She fell over to the side of the bed, and when she turned over, he was laying next to her also. Um, I just found, I've always been intrigued and um, fascinated by that that story um since that day um or that evening really i have never looked in the mirror at nighttime i've always been frightened um i too am very uh strange about mirrors and antique ones um, my grandmother had one in a antique vanity that i used to at three and four just stand and stare at and make up songs and sing um it just it, it entranced me so um with age and the internet um and hearing these stories and podcasts that uh, that you so kindly put out i i wonder you know what these shadow people are, why they would have walked towards the mirror um, and have disappeared into the mirror. Why I know why they, um, over centuries, have covered mirrors um, when someone has passed and find very, very interesting. Um, the shadow people, I've always understood them to not necessarily be um, of a um, good nature, um, which I find interesting to hear others say that they don't think that there is anything frightening about them. Um, I didn't have anything frightening happen with them, but I, I just find it a fascinating subject on both counts. Um, love your show. Love that you are doing something that you with you and your wife and um that um, you seem to both enjoy so much um i miss that with my husband um hopefully this isn't too um I, I feel strange kind of talking to the phone but it'd be too much for me to type so um, I would love to call back with other stories. I've had phone calls from heaven, and um, my son, um, when he was on a mission in Afghanistan, what happened with that? And there are, our loved ones are around us, um, and it is a, a gift to know that. So thank you very much. Have a Merry Christmas. and. Um, I'll be listening to you guys uh, every day, and, and I listen at night. I'm a junkie, too.
<laughs> Have a good evening. Bye. See, if they can go into the mirror, that means they can come out of the mirror. And that's why I don't like old mirrors. And I just wonder if maybe that was the same entity that was going from house to house on that street and coming in through the mirror. That's its entry point? It's like its doorway? I guess so, yeah. I hope you uh, appreciate the the Christmas gift I got you to Antique Mirrors Unlimited Warehouse. Thank you. Lots and lots (laughs) of wonderful buys there. Not a real thing. Great fun. No, it is, really. Hi, this is like my fourth time calling. My phone keeps getting messed up every time I call. And my mom used to live in a duplex that my grandpa owned. He owned a lot of rental property. And nothing was worried about it. It was built in maybe like the 70s. And we lived there like in 1990. In 1995, my mom bought a house, and I was 10 years old, and I always felt like there was something really strange in the house, like, never felt like I was by myself. By the time I got to the point where I was 12 or 13 years old, I had a house key, and I would let myself in after I got off the school bus, and I would always, like, open the curtains and keep the front door open because I never really felt safe. Well, when I was about 15 years old, I didn't have my driver's license yet, but my high school boyfriend did, and he was 17. And I was babysitting a family friend's child, and he was asleep in the back room of my parents' house, which you can see that room from, like, directly down the hallway. Um, My boyfriend and I were sitting on the couch while I was babysitting, and all of a sudden... You, it sounded like there was just banging all over. At first it started on the walls, but then it was like it was coming from the ceiling. Um, It was just everywhere and all through the house. And I looked on the hall and we had a nightlight in the room that the little boy was sleeping in that I was babysitting. He was completely sound asleep. This banging continued, continued, continued. It was so terrifying. I tried to get my mom to come back home. She would not come back home. But finally, when I got older, she ended up telling me that she had always um, had experiences in the apartment where my grandpa that we used to live in. And that's why she would always let me sleep in her bed because the doors would slam shut. It would sound like everything was moving. And she thought it was my aunt who is now passed which she was not passed she was not deceased at the time all this happened but she had a husband that she married very young that they were all friends with and he committed suicide and my mom thought that it was him coming to visit her because she saw him one night in a dream she ended up telling me when i was older and moved out of the house that he had shaken her awake one night and said, hey, I came to see your new place and bent down and kissed her head. Ever since then, um, my mom refuses to go to the graveyard that uh, my aunt's deceased husband is buried in because she thinks that he maybe follows us home. But there's always been experiences in my mom's house and I mean, the door slamming, the cabinets, like, rocking back and forth. And that's really what got me interested in the paranormal. And 
I'm kind of thinking almost that they had a poltergeist because when I was younger and my mom and stepdad had first married and moved into the home that she bought where I had experiences, he um, was addicted to drugs. I found out later in life. So I'm wondering if maybe that's not what caused it. My kids now, I'm a mom and my mom is a grandmother, they refuse to go in the house and they said that they're scared and they won't go in there alone and they won't sleep in there alone but um, my parents still live in that house. It's nothing to do with the history of the house that my mom bought. I think it was built in the 70s and the original owner and builder just passed in maybe 2005 around there and we knew her so it's definitely um, nothing about like previous occupants. Just thought I would share. Thank you. I love your show. Bye-bye. With all the negative energy, I think that could be a reason for the poltergeist activity. That Yeah, I mean, that, that is a very common occurrence uh, where you have just unexplained things going on. Not necessarily entities, but that's where you have the banging, that's where you have the objects moving, that's where you have this and that, you know, the cat's tail being pulled and things of that nature. So... With that being said, when it's negative energy possibly causing the activity like that, it's not necessarily a poltergeist entity there. It's just the energy. Is that true? I, I think in some cases, yes. Okay. I think it, it really it's a case-by-case basis, but sometimes it, it just random energy, mm-hmm. you know, going to town, if you will. But that would be terrifying, you know, just being the, the young babysitter and then all of a sudden that shit's going down and you can't leave and yeah. you're stuck there with it mm-hmm. whatever exactly uh, it it may be so thank you for sharing that experience with us we do greatly appreciate that uh, here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online and that wraps up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online if you'd like uh, more ghostly episodes to get you through the holidays sign up to be an EPP on the website realghoststoriesonline.com it is loaded with all sorts of uh, great episodes. There will be, of course, an EPP episode this week, which is uh, coming out uh, very soon. We do that 52 weeks of the year, right? 52 weeks in a year, 365 days, yeah. 52 weeks in a year. Yep. And okay. seven days in a week. And seven days in a week, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, new EPP uh, episode coming out this week. So uh, that will uh, certainly uh, be something you can enjoy. And if you're not an EPP yet, you got uh, darn near 70 episodes to get through anyhow. So that, that should tide you over. If you started listening right now, you probably still want to get through all of them before this week's episode. So sign up to become an EPP. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. It's only five bucks. And that's what keeps this thing on the air into 2016. And uh, thank you if you already are one. If not, sign up on the website, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories. I've been riding a motorcycle for 52 years. I started having back pain that turned into a knee pain. I couldn't even sit on the motorcycle. I was like, oh, man, am I going to have to give up riding bikes? Kaiser Permanente, they decided I needed a hip replacement, so I was going to do it through outpatient surgery. <laughs> Panned out great. Recovered overnight. Was home by 11 o'clock the next morning. I'm glad I made the choice for Kaiser Permanente. I'm enjoying life. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan in the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Online. Happy Holidays.